Hello, our creepy little lovely things. <laughs> chaos smut kittens hello my chaotic creatures i don't know i don't know guys i'm really bad at intros again so we're just gonna <sighs> today i'm in a weird mood today we don't know what's weird gonna mood. happen on the show today full Who moon knows? and we're talking about rituals freaking full moon don't even get uh, me started don't even how crazy it was a full moon while we're doing our reread of Lovely Bad Things for the show. It definitely like helped me to lean. No, it didn't help. No, it didn't but help. my it didn't, didn't help. <laughs> Nothing positive came of this except for my body fully leaned into just chaos, meaning chaos. like hormones, all the things, just like I love, that. Uh, I love, that love that for you. Um, okay, guys. Well, today we're going to do Lovely Bad Things by Trisha Wolf. Um, hopefully you've read the book because we're talking about it all. all Honestly, though, once we're done talking about it, we'll still know nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. <clears throat> um, yeah. The consensus for the second, for the second read, that was the consensus is you think you know more as you're reading through it the first time then you do by the time you get to the end of it. And then when you do a reread, you're sure you know nothing. So like, you know, more reading it the first time or you think you do, then you actually do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when, so Lex and I read this book a couple months ago, I just randomly saw it on Kindle Unlimited. And I was like, love that cover. Let's read Great it. Great cover. Told Lex about it. Lex was like, I want to read it. So we read it together. I actually started this. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. I just realized yeah. this is the beginning and of our friendship. It really was. Of course, Callum brought us together as perfect as he is. Dark rituals, <laughs> chaos, sigil magic. I mean, he together. is the perfect man. So, I mean, it makes he sense. Literally, he literally is the guy you go to to help you bury a body. <laughs> I mean, he definitely literally. charged a sigil for us to become friends and us to talk about it on a full moon <laughs> is what I'm gathering. And the only reason why we can't tell you what sigil that is, is because once you use a sigil, you have to forget about it. Makes total sense to me. Total sense. It makes more sense to me in this book. And yet it's what? still one of our favorites. I do want to make that clear. This is like absolutely one of our top favorite reads of the year, if not the top. Yeah. I think we read this book in like one night, like we started yeah. like an afternoon and like by the next <laughs> afternoon we had finished it and we freaking loved it. If you've looked at our Instagrams lately, you'll see that we keep hyping it up. Um, mm. And then with like the fall weather coming and spooky season, we were like, let's do it on the show. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like nobody really talks about Trisha Wolf and her books on Bookstagram. No, not nearly enough. Like, wow. Cause we also Fine. went back and read like every other thing we could get our hands <laughs> on by her. Um, I, we did with Visions in Red and what was the Ties that Bind? Ties that Bind. Uh, Detective Quinn. <laughs> Detective Quinn is oh. Jesus. But I feel like Lovely Bad Things is like her most recent release. 
Yeah. And it was fun going back to like her earlier books. I think her writing's come a long way. Even I felt like that through Visions of Red and The Ties That Bind are like two separate series, but one, but one series, one I guess. One. Yeah. And I felt like that even going from Visions in Red to The Ties of Bind. And that is by no means like a criticism. Like it was always really, really good. But it's like crazy to be able to see also just like. But that's what I want out of an author. I want every single book to just like get better and better and better and better. Yeah. Well, and then me, yeah, lovely bad things. It's like, yeah, I feel like, you know what? I actually read one bad review of this book. And what, what was it? I have to hear what they said. Oh, it was the most annoying review. It was like, is it just me or is this, this book? Um, what did she say? Oh, I want to look at, but she used the word or like something, something. And then like, it totally contrived. And I wanted to be like, um, get the stick out of your, like, are you serious? Like, that's not be- like un- it's helpful review ever. And honestly, I don't, un- okay, whatever. I'm, it's I'm just one of those eight reminding me of like all the people that like are in LA and they're just like way like like so above it you know and it's like uh, I like really yeah. I like really know a lot about like psychology and like this it's and like or <laughs> in philosophy and this is just like so contrived like Nietzsche would like never approve oh Jesus Christ we have we have the philosophy majors coming out it's just yeah it was like is it's like she said pretentious is this is it just me or is this like super pretentious and just like a bit contrived or like super contrived and I'm like are you like a like she felt like a walking like one of the like what is that movie the um those girls what was that valley girl no the well yeah I can't even think I'm mean girl there you go I was thinking mean girl I was couldn't get mean girl Regina George yeah like it's just a bit contrived for me Oh, shut up. It is not. Okay, whatever. Speaking on that, what did you give this book on your five-star rating scale? I think I already know. Oh, five stars. Yeah. Yeah. So how dare you? Yeah. Um, I did give it five stars, but I do have one thing. I will give listeners one thing that wasn't my favorite or that I didn't like just to give the listeners something to be like, oh, it's not perfect. And it really is a compliment because by the time you end it, (laughs) <laughs> I wish I had a little more con- like concrete factual things to stand on that's my yeah. only critique but it is fun to have a book to where it just like explodes your mind like you and also I think if I would have saved it and read it whenever the second book was out and I could f- keep going I don't think I would feel that way but I now that we have to wait for it mm-hmm. I'm like this is driving me nuts like I need something a little more Give me something that I can trust in. And I think that's just like, like you said, that's not a criticism because this is her book and it doesn't mean anything for the book. It's more of just like, it's a personal we want that. We because want I'm greedy. That. I, yeah, I exactly. want more. <laughs> and I think she, I would assume did it intentionally. You know, it was kind of like, we talked about Runix last time where it was like, we think we want something, but she knows exactly what we need. And then we realized after the fact, like, oh yeah, you're right. I also love it because it, to me, this book is so different. It's so different. So many other books. And you know what it is? She gets, she gives you an experience when you read this book. Oh, dang. That's so true. Like we talked, we were voice messaging yesterday again through our reread. (laughs) And I was like, as the reader, 
you're getting mind fucked just as big as Halen is. Yes. And she's pulling you into the experience that like you feel Mm. everything that Halen is feeling like, and everything that Callum's feeling when he gets frustrated with her, because you see that side of it. So I applaud her for giving this an experience to us because it is. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely is. And I feel like that's a really good point too. Is like, look at the end of the book, Halen's just as confused as us. She um, might be more confused than I am, she's, which is saying yeah, a lot. That's true. We at least get some insight from Callum. Um, okay. What was your, so, okay, I'll say this first. So I really like this book. You said it's really different. It is very different. So it gets kind of lumped with dark romance because their relationship is definitely dark AF and we don't fully understand the extent of their relationship yet. Um, besides what we see like actually happening in this book, but we'll get to that. And for me, I just totally lost my train of thought. It gets, it gets um, dumped into dark romance category. Do you oh, have yeah, another sorry, category you want to put it in? Well, yeah, because I definitely feel like it has a this, like, I don't feel like the romance is, like, the main thing. Like, this to me is, like, a crime, psychological thriller type of a, you know, mystery at the top. But it obviously has this, like, super sexy, dark undertone, which... I think part of that is just Callum as a person. Like he is just dark it's and sexy. Callum, but it's also the ma- the subject matter that they are talking about within the case. It's all yeah, about it's like seduction. chaos magic. It's yes. all about chaos. It's all about this frenzy. It's all about these primal urges that everyone mm-hmm. has. Like just the subject matter in general is seductive. Totally. So I feel like that's why, again, we're saying it's so different because it's like, we don't read generally. And I, I think- it almost becomes this really cool like space right between like, cause a lot of times when you read like a psychological thriller, maybe there isn't a strong like romance aspect or good like sex scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, it can go a and, little stale. Yeah. Cause for me, I'm just being super honest. Like I need the romance to like keep me, usually I need it to keep me like engaged. Um, and then on the other side with dark romance, like it's very heavily, heavily focused on like the romance aspect, which is totally fine. And like, that's great for what that is. And this kind of walks this line, this, nice little line right in between this little like niche that she's carved out for herself where you get a little bit of all of that and it is delicious it's one of those books that I think like I see a lot of posts on like these Facebook groups I'm in and they're always asking for like book recommendations like for their husband that like maybe want to start reading some things but like doesn't want to go full blown blue alien smut like I even told like Sean my husband Sean I just told Bobby too I was like you would love this book like because it's like I think we've actually said this before talking about the show Mm -hmm. Hannibal and the show True Detective. To me, if you put those two shows together and put in a hot romance story in the middle, this is this book. Especially with this, where it's such like a dark, twisty, like sadistic kind of a case. Um, I feel like, like if this were made into a movie, he'd be like so down to see it. You know what I mean? And like, if this became a movie, I would die. This would be a great movie. Like, such a great movie. Fantastic movie. Or even a series because then you could really take your time going through it. Um, yeah, I could, for me, I'm always like leaning towards series because I'm like, give me as much calm as possible. No, I do too. I like series over movies because series, you can like actually get into the details of the book and not just like skip a bunch of crap. Right, exactly. Leading us into spice rating. There are only two actual sex scenes in this book. Yeah, but it doesn't even matter because Calm's mouth, everything that comes out of that. I know. Mouth. Actually, just <laughs> one real sex scene, one scene that like 
had some touching, but like, that's it. But these, these steam very long drawn out. Like the one full blown sex scene we get in this book, I think is two chapters and the chapters are like 15 pages each. Her chapters are very long. Her chapters are very long. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like we said, this book is all about like giving into like those primal urges and it's not just sexually, but including sexually, you know, and like, like the feralness of it all. And man, I get this spice rating, like two and a half chili peppers, but if I could rate it like a steam factor, like the tension, the just Callum, just really Callum, like his mouth, Oh my God. I would give it 10 out of five on a steam scale. Yeah. I think I, okay. So this was complicated for me because I feel like when you talk about like spice, you're like, you give a rating and it's like, okay, I give a rating to like the amount, but then also like what it is. So it's like there, I've read books that have more steamy or more sex scenes, like on page sex scenes in this, but they're not nearly this hot. You know what I mean? So it's like a weird, it's and like, it's I, like crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like less chili peppers, but the chili peppers that you get are like ghost higher quality, ghost chili peppers. <laughs> like those, the white ones that are like send your eyebrows off from the jungles <laughs> of whatever, like they are straight off the vine quality is there. <laughs> yeah. And they're really, really good. And so I do feel like that's why the spice rating is like tricky and deceiving. It's like technically not a ton happening here. You're not going to be like flipping your pages and getting a bunch of sex scenes, but the ones you do get. And then like I said, Callum keeps this like, like constant vibration of sexual tension. Um, so I mean, there's also that. I'm going to write it in (laughs) because we're going to do our trigger warnings really quickly. And then we'll do a spoiler warning and then we're going to get into it. Okay. So she doesn't have trigger warnings listed in her actual book, but I'm going to set the scene for you here. Um, if you're just listening to the first part of the show to see what we had to say about it, Here's what I think you should know. This is a psychological thriller, dark romance. It has extremely detailed and graphic scenes of murder, death, assault. I mean, we are chasing serial killers, very brutal serial killers. <laughs> and you get all the details of that. They're serial killers. You don't get violence. the details. You don't get the details of like any murders. You get the details of the, the death scene, not of an active the murder. crime scene afterwards. Yes. Um, serial killers, violence, dark themes of the occult and philosophical studies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the sex scenes. Um, it's I a ritual. Way, uh, ritualistic, <laughs> ritualistic. Um, I would say consensual non-consent with some dubious consent um, oh, thrown sh- in there. She literally says, F me. Yeah. Um, so just know it is dark. It is witchy. It is culty. <laughs> it is ritualistic. Yeah, culty. Dark, dark, dark themes. So that is your trigger warning. Um, also, our main characters, although we don't know a lot about them, um, we do know there is some trauma involved with their past, including their loss of loved ones. Um, so that if you were triggered for that, maybe not the best book or the best episode because we'd be talking about it. Um, so that's all I got for you for trigger warnings. This is your official spoiler warning. We're going to get into this book. Um, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just going to go through it as a timeline rather than the book. 
the, how the book goes through it. Does that work? Yep. Okay. So even though the book kicks off with the courthouse, what we know come to the end of it is that this whole relationship with them actually started before that. So it's the anniversary of Halen's parents' death. And she is deeply engrossed in working a serial killer case. Halen is, she's like a criminologist. She's a psychologist and she shows up to crime scenes, not to solve them, but to just give like a solid profile to the people who are solving them of like who they're looking for. So she's deeply engrossed in this, the Harbinger case, which is a different serial killer case. And it's the anniversary of her parents' death and she can't go visit their grave site. So instead she decides I'll go visit their alma mater, which is only 20 minutes away at Cambridge university. Um, so she does this. What we know also is that the, at this exact same time, the night before Callum has been just been humiliated by a coworker. Callum is a leading renowned philosophy professor. He had given some type of a talk and was called out and humiliated by one of his peers, um, who is professor Percy or Dr. Percy. I don't remember. Percy Wellington. Percy Wellington. There we go. Okay. So Dr. Wellington. Um, and this has driven Callum basically to the brink of like suicidal. And he decides I'm going to carve this sigil into my chest and pray to chaos magic that you either bring me my muse or game over. And then he sees he's drawn to Halen, who's, you know, walking around Cambridge, his university and all this like deep pain. Um, and so he basically starts following her around and then he sees her murder Percy Wellington. Um, and at least this is what we learned from the book. He's like, Oh my God, it's so hot. Yeah. Pretty much like, (laughs) and he has, he says in the book, which is important. He says, he tells her, I had never considered killing someone until I saw you do it. And it like awoken something in him. He helps her cover up the murder and stage it to look like the harbinger killer did it, which is the case that she's been working on. Um, then all then afterwards she's very distraught and so she convinces him to help her forget and he knew a way which was using these sigils to basically erase these memories for her what he was not you know counting on was that then she would truly forget he wasn't he even says he wasn't sure it was going to work well it worked and it worked really well yeah i loved his inner mom I was like i said hey fuck it let's just see what happens yeah let's just see what happens <laughs> and um what happens is that halen then is convinced that he's the one that committed this murder and which yeah, goes after it, his ass <laughs> yeah which makes sense because if you think about it if she has no recollection of the fact that she committed this murder he was involved. And so she's following her instincts of like, well, he, he knows things he shouldn't know. Well, yeah, he knows things he shouldn't know. <laughs> he helped your ass cover it up. Yeah. He says something at the end. Like I didn't expect, uh, her subconscious, like she, like she, you know, that feeling that she had seen him before or she knew something All about these things, him. Yes. He wasn't betting on that would be because like her, her intuition her gut was going to be like, Oh, yeah. he's the killer. He yeah. thought it was going to be like, Oh, I can trust him when he told her. And I guess he kind of tries to help her with their. To frame being, the wife, to frame the wife. And he's yeah. like, well, she didn't take that. She instead no. took it bad on me. And that was yeah. not part of this plan. 
So the book opens up um, with her testifying against Callum, who she has decided and really latched onto being the killer. Um, and he, this is re- interesting to me. He gets, ends up being found innocent by reason of insanity, but it was all circumstantial. So really homie should have ever been put in jail or anything, but he ends up spending the next six months in, I guess, like, yeah, in the state asylum um, or prior correctional mental facility for the mentally insane. Um, and he has a past history of having, he had a psychotic episode. Um, we don't know if that's true or not. That's true. He just says, well, I do have a record of this. So um, who knows? Well, the Maybe. psychologist later on when Dr. Torres even says like, there is a hint that Callum made up some things, I think, to get the sentence that he, to make sure he didn't go to prison. Oh, gotcha. And we're going to get that, I think, in the next book of his past. I don't think he's ever been diagnosed with anything. I think that okay. is a Hail Mary that he has thrown <laughs> to guarantee that he goes to a psych ward instead of a prison. Which they did um, talk about it in the beginning in the court case. She was saying like, oh, they're going to say this, but they haven't told us they were going to say it. And like, they kind of, yeah, yeah didn't disclose that information to like the and prosecution. And he said that they end like, uh, he's never been crazy or never being diagnosed crazy. Like in his inner monologue, he like let something slip. But there is a, there is a record that is sealed from his juvenile past. And yeah, I think, so we don't I know think that we'll is. get that next book. I think so too. So then we, we flash forward six months and um, Halen is now working on a new case. And this is um, like a killing field. This is what we were talking about. It's like this town called Hollows Row and 33 people had gone missing several years ago, never found. And then all of a sudden, 33 sets of eyes show up out in what they call a killing field, which is basically a field where people discard their, the carcasses of things that they've hunted. Um, and so he's got, she's like, you know, analyzing this crime scene. Um, and there's some hints to some philosophy stuff that are left in it. So she has to go to the only person that she knows who is, you know, world renowned philosophy, our the master of this, the master of these things who she needs someone quick. She doesn't have time. She's only got so many hours before she has to be able to give the FBI a profile. So she goes straight to Callum, um, who basically eventually finagles her into getting him out and letting him consult with her on this case. Um, which is where our story really, really kicks off. Um, as we, we work through that, we'll come back to all those details, but they work through this case together. Um, you know, he's really, I think he, the whole time, really what he's doing is trying to break through this veil that the sigil has created over her memory. That's really why he wants to be there. Um, they work this case together. There's some intimate moments. We'll going to get, we'll dig into all those things. Um, but they end up having to go their separate ways toward at the end of the case. Halen, you know, she is fired by her company for their, um, a little sexy expression. <laughs> yeah. So choices that they made um, <laughs> during their ritual. Um, and then, but uh, Callum had removed his ankle monitor to go out to this ritual site with her and do this performance ritual and try to, you know, coax out the overmaster. Um, and so nobody else knows that she, he was there at the scene with her. She says, go ahead and leave. And then she like, you know, they have to get the crime scene process. She lies about some stuff. She does get has she some memories back. Yes. The crime scene. Yeah. She gets some memories back. She doesn't really believe them. She still thinks Callum is somehow like, you know, fucking with her mind or, you know, messing with 
her memories or yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's about to leave town. He's going back to his, um, you know, correctional facility for the mentally insane. And, um, there's a new case. And so Devin, who is a local PD officer, definitely does not have the ability to hire consultants, hires Halen as a consultant. Yeah, she like totally went like girl boss mode there for a second. I was like, I'm pretty sure you have a boss and you have to ask. Your boss has bosses who has bosses, yeah. but that's fine. The FBI is involved. I don't think you get to, yeah. to like claim your freelancer. Do whatever you want. Yeah, but it works. We're going to go through it. Go with it. I'm here for it um, though. So then there's a new crime scene. This one does have a body in it. It is one of the missing 33, most likely. And it is in a big spider web, which is an ongoing theme um, between Halen and Callum. It is a man strung up. He, uh, and then also 33 tongues. So now we have 33 sets of eyes and 33 ears at the first scene. The second scene, or in scene we have now the tongues and it's all set up. So but it's done in a way that allows Halen to realize that this was done by the Harbinger killer. What is, who is, she was very sure, you know, before her memory started coming back that Callum was the Harbinger killer. Um, and, or at least a copycat, he had at least killed Wellington and tried to make it look like a copycat, but then he's, she's even questioning if he's not the actual serial killer, the Harbinger and using the copycat thing to kind of like throw them off. Um, so she, but what I like about this scene is though it ties the harbinger over the overmaster together because you have some of the pieces of the overmaster scene with now these elements of the harbinger killer, making it like this is all one. You have the harbinger that came to town and he clearly knows where the overman's 33 victims are. And now he's playing with the overman and he's like look what i have and i ruined your scene i think it's going to very much be a serial killer versus a serial killer in the next book well because the overman or somebody that was working for him at least is killed at the ritual he's poisoned he couldn't have done it himself it wasn't suicide like they originally thought his injection sites he was injected with hemlock um and so you either have that the harbinger was is this grandmaster which we do i will say this this is a huge leap but this is based off Trisha's writing. She does the serial killer, like in the, the protege thing. She likes that dynamic between like the serial killer grooming his next, whatever, his apprentice. And so then I'm thinking like, okay, so maybe the harbinger is here. The overman was like, almost like an apprentice and he killed his apprentice, which we've seen happen. Apprentice kills master, master kill apprentice, whatever. Um, again, in her, in some of her other writing, um, so it could be that it could be what you said, like there's so many different, cause you know, at the ritual site, we do have the Overman attacking Halen, but here's the thing about the Overman. Okay. So that's basically sums up the story. Like at the end, Callum is probably going to get brought back. He's sent back to Briar, but then the FBI talks about bringing him back out to consult. Now that this case is taking a turn, we actually have a body. Yeah, is it Alistair or Aubrey, whoever the asshole one is. I think it's Alistair. Alistair. Yeah. He basically to fuck with Halen because now she's on the other side and he didn't get to fire her. He's like, well, I'm going to bring in your boy then offer to work for me. And I'm like, yeah. you're going to end up dead, dude. Like Callum's going to. Yeah. He already definitely does not. Callum does not like him. Um, or was no. it Emmons that he doesn't like? Which was no, the one that Emmons was- is just the local like sheriff or whatever. And it actually ends up being Emmons, brother. Um, yes. That was killed. 
that was they knew was one of the 33 that went missing and it's the first positive idea of someone and it's amazing. and what will be very interesting about this so Callum had said you know because um right before Callum gets sent back to Briar he and Halen meet up and Halen's you know and Halen he knows Halen has the knowledge of these memories now um even though she's like refusing to believe them and he basically is like kind of like he's been doing, he's blackmailing her in order to be able to like, he's blackmailing her, but for, I'm not going to say a good reason, but kind of his good reason, which is to be with her, to spend time with her, to help her work through this, to try to get her back. Like her meaning like her full memories and stuff. So he's blackmailed her to get out in the first place. He blackmailed her into being familiar with him and like saying like, Hey, like if you want me to do this, not blackmail, I guess, I mean, kind of manipulate, I guess. He's like saying, like, if you want me to do this, you've got to do this. You have to call me by my name. You have to go do these things with me. You have to leave, you know, the FBI. You have to, yeah, you have you to do it my way that you can't ask yeah. questions. And-, and so then he's basically like, you know, I can find these 33 people. You're not going to find them without me. If you want to be the hero and save these people, you got to let me keep working with you. And Halen more takes that than when she finds his body as like, you know, where the 33 people are because you're involved in this, which I don't really know like what she thinks because he obviously couldn't have taken the 33 people. I think it's just going back to the fact that Halen is so unsure and she had her opportunity to play nice with Callum and he promised he would give her all these answers that she wanted. And then at the end, she chose not to. So I think in the end, when she goes back to this flashback, I do think it is a tactic from Trisha to make the reader think, oh, maybe he is the harbinger or it is. I think it's also just Halen having a very she prides herself on being so brilliant and so smart but something about Callum and the Harbinger which we already know the Harbinger killer took a toll on her like yeah bad like she became too obsessed too involved too you know whatever she wasn't doing her job correctly here we are doing the exact same thing again with the Overman killing and so I think it just goes back to like her all of a sudden she's just going back to that obsession she has that Callum is the harbinger and she's trying to connect these dots. I'll keep my theory on that one towards the end, but. Okay. So, I mean, that's pretty much like where it leaves off at the end is kind of like both of them being like, well, we're going to face off, you know, like not, I mean, kind of Halen's more making it seem like they're about to be on opposite opposing sides of this. She's like, if he wants to play, we're going to play. And Callum does make a comment saying that like he has some, contingencies in place for the fact that like he has found himself in the state asylum again and i take that to mean like he's either got some evidence that like he's gonna bring it down onto her pretty hard if he has to that he didn't do this and she was involved in it yeah i mean i think uh six months he gave her to come he gave her a chance in general to come back to him and she did and he even says at the end like that was your one shot now you're never leaving. Like I'll like, it is what it is. And I think he's also, even though he says that he's gotten rid of this anger and this resentment towards her for putting him away for her crime, he's not going to go to jail. Like he, you see that in the end, he's like, I will not go back and do this. And you're not going to go and tell everyone what you did or else mm-hmm. all of this has been for nothing. And that's when he makes that comment like you were talking about of, uh, if one was interested in these things or determined enough, they would have evidence away as Mm -hmm. a contingency plan. And it's like his just in case file. And I hope we get the just in case file next book. Cause I want to know so much about that. 
Yeah, it's going to be, it's super interesting. So with that information, so that's all hindsight. So as you're making your way through this book, you don't know anything about Halen's like mind being like erased more or less. And so we start, like I said, like I was going back through it and I totally forgot some of the stuff. So I'm like, oh, he's trying to like free her mind this whole time. He like, this is his whole plan, like the whole time. Cause he, you know, he's saying stuff like <clears throat> I've only scratched away at her surface or I've scratched away her surface, but there's still like this thin layer. So it's like, it's almost like the sigil creates like a block in her mind. Like it, it shrouds it. It doesn't take it away. Like it's like shrouding the truth. And it so he's was supposed out. to, he makes another comment towards the end of like how he had used, um, like he did this sigil. Yes. But he had used everything he's everything. ever learned to break it. And yeah. it's his point of being that goes back to everything that Nietzsche believes in and what he believes in that the mind is the biggest form of power. Like your will to do something mm-hmm. is, is where the power comes any from the other force in this world. And he even says like, you know, I tried blood, sweat, <laughs> semen, whatever else. He Sex, could do. like everything. Sex, everything to break Spit. it and normally it would, but her will to forget is so strong that like, it's not doing it. Yeah. She's locked herself out of her brain for a reason. She and has I one quote. Wait to find out the reason. <laughs> she has one quote in here that says, um, like, madness um, is easier to, what does she say? Is more bearable than pain. And it's like, I am, I think like that might come into play with like, so we, she has that she, we do know she lost her parents and then she lost, was it her husband or her fiance? She lost her fiance and their unborn and her, child. And she was pregnant when she lost the, the baby during this bad car accident, just a few months before um, she met Callum. And we just know that she's like in this like absolute like- And pit. she was the driver of the car in the car accident. Yeah. So she's just in this pit of despair. And so she's real primed for, I mean, I think she, you could take that or, you know, in the next book, that could be a motive for so many different outcomes. Like I had had this thought in the the first time I read it, like, Oh, what if Halen is the serial killer? Like what if Percy Wellington wasn't the first person she killed and, or, you know, she was looking for Callum just as much because she's like, wants to like give into this madness rather than deal with all of this, like absolutely consuming pain. We know she obviously killed Percy. So it's like, okay, or I mean, I guess we, as far as the first book goes, Well, that's going to be a theory. Yeah. So the first time you read it, I guess anytime you read it, like you said, but you have Callum and Callum, you like are hearing what he's saying and you're believing him. Then the very, very, very end, the last chapter, you're back in Halen's point of view and she's at this Harbinger killing site. She kind of reasons away because she is the logical one. And she reasons away why this wouldn't be true and why there's got to be more of a story and why she thinks Callum is manipulating her mind. And because she is the doctor, she is a logical one. She is the one in psychology. She explains it all away of like, this is what it is. So then as a reader, you have to make a choice. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe your FMC who has been the quote unquote sane one throughout the book, who is a doctor, who's a criminologist, who studies these things, or are you going to believe what we've seen, the criminally insane, sociopathic, crazy man? And 
but you're I, seeing all of that like through. So that, that's what's so freaking genius about this book, man, is that she brings you down this path and it's, you're very much going to believe Halen. She's a doctor. She's logical, which there's that opposing thing the whole time, philosophy versus logic. And he's constantly telling her, stop being so logical. You're being too logical. And so, but you follow this path where you're, you just, the whole book basically are following Halen's path, right? Like, but then you get to the end and she throws a twist at you where like Halen's whole memory was wiped clean, essentially by not logic, but by the, like by proof that this chaos magic can work and does work. So then you've got now all this credibility to what Callum's been saying this whole time, but it's literally at the end of the book. And so then it's like, you don't know where to go anymore after that, which is what That's I, why I encourage saying. everyone. If you read it once, go read it again, because I will say the reread. <laughs> I was team Callum on my reread. I was like, Halen's nuts. Halen is nuts. I believe everything Callum says now. Like, it's almost like you get to read it twice. When you read it twice, you get to read it each time from like with a different, totally different following someone else's path. So the first time you're going to follow Halen's path and be like, dude, this guy's crazy, but he's really hot. So I don't care. And then the the second time you go through, you're like, oh my God, he's not crazy. And he's super hot. And this is like wild. And And homegirl's got some issues. Like she's, she makes you almost believe even more that she could be the serial killer because she could have snapped. Like she's the one that's got some stuff going on that we don't know. Like we don't actually know that much about her. Like you think you know it's everything just about fun. Her. It is fun. Yeah. It's and that's just, I wish I knew when the next book was coming out. <laughs> I know. Just like, it just at least like kind of. I will say that's why this book. So one of the things that I love about this book was we did it as a buddy read. It was our very first buddy read. We didn't even have each other's phone numbers when we started this book. I think we immediately book, were like, no, I need, I need your number. I, I, I need to be able to text you at all times, not all wait times. for you to get on Instagram. Like I need to be able to contact you immediately so we can discuss this. I need a quicker turnaround. Yeah, I need your attention now. Yeah. Um, so like literally like our book, our book, our entire friendship, which has become a very intense friendship. I will say we also talk to each other like every single day now and I'm on this all podcast. Day. <laughs> all day but I feel like we've just, you know, we built our friendship on a serial killer book. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it is very fun as a, as a buddy read it, I got, um, I get DMS fairly regularly for book recs. And I had, um, I think it was Jess fully booked. She's my cute little Australian friend. Yes. And, I think, and she DM me and I actually think her and her whole book club, she has a work book club, which is so cool. And they're, they're decided to do this book. Oh um, my God. And like that, that is going to be so fun to Could do you like, imagine like all the different takes people are gonna have like you have a bigger yeah that's what I mean like it's it's one thing it's a great book to go through by yourself absolutely it's still a great book but it is so fun when you have something where there's like so many theories popping up like every other chapter you're gonna have like a new theory a new thought and oh my gosh and to be able to like text it to somebody or to you know talk to somebody about it mm, it's just one of those things okay I want to talk about something yes go I want to talk about the dance club scene <sighs> Okay, let's let's do the spice scenes and then we'll do theories. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, let's just get to like the fun smut and then we'll get to the theories. And within my theories, I will then pull things that I've highlighted to prove my theory to you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Okay. So the the, the house party. The house the party. Can we just talk about the house party scene? Because I actually want to start from the beginning because um, when he rips her dress off her body um, to make it shorter. <laughs> <laughs> It was so hot. Why was it so hot? 
that entire mm-hmm. first intro scene where they're like bantering back he's hilarious like he can be so, so funny, funny. he's like oh is this emo goth with the gen z crowds wearing today like he also comes off as like a six like a 600 year old vampire to me and he's really a 36 year old man um he's like a 600 year old vampire but it spends like a couple hours a day at least on tiktok because <laughs> yes. he's like really up to date <laughs> yes. it's that is really funny because you have this very like philosophical side of him that yeah, it can feel a little bit pretentious. And, and I, I'm a, you know, a doctor. Oh, his ego professor. is like through the, the world's oh, not gosh. big enough for his ego. No. And he's just like, you know, this professor at Cambridge and a philosophy professor at Cambridge, but then also he's like saying shit like that. Like, what are you, know, like, and he yeah. says that he has that one line that I don't know why it drives me nuts, but when she has to end up becoming his, uh, like the doctor over him, like that's in charge of him. And he says, I like to fuck with the lights on. How about you? But it's like so casual. That, that was how, like, I'm telling, he's like, you want to fuck the lights on? I like it. Me too. Like, okay, like? good night. Like, bye roomie. Like, see you bye night. roomie. Good and then he just like breaks down the door into a room, just like sitting there, which the only thing with that, I just couldn't stop asking myself like, but you didn't hear that? You didn't hear him break the like chain lock on your door? You're just sleeping? I think he okay. snipped it, didn't he? No, he Or maybe that's how exhausted he shouldered she it. Was. Maybe that's how exhausted she was. Okay, anyway, so continue with the, he rips her dress off. Okay, so yeah, he's like, we're at a college party. I'm the co-professor who's hanging out with the college kids. And I'm like, oh, God, so gross. Up. <laughs> like, no. And she apparently just is not looking the way she should be looking in his eyes. It sounds like she's wearing a long sleeve maxi dress. <laughs> Black maxi dress Black. to the floor. To the floor. And she's like, but I wore my earrings. And he's like, take them off. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're worse. Ew. So, throws them in the bushes. Take it off. He like rips her ponytail out and like literally tears her dress off the boat lower half. To mid thigh. Yeah. And then just gets up, grabs her hand and walks inside. I mean, look, it's super hot. I but also like Halen, I'm sorry, maybe like don't go a serial killer by yourself to a party. I don't. I mean, there's definitely lots of questions here as far as like, she's very, she trusts him. This is what I was going to get to. And, you know, we talk about like the sigil. Well, I'll get to that. You just continue with your party scene. I'll get to it afterwards. So then they go into this party. Who do we see? Devin, of course. Devin's always around. Devin's Devin's on my radar. Devin is so on my radar. She is sketchy. She is sus. I I like her, but she's sus sus these days, but I'm saying (laughs) She's just, and I'm like, that would never happen. Like you're under, you're a cop drinking and partying at the house you're supposed to be taking care of a noise complaint for. It was just, I mean, whatever, whatever. whatever. I digress. It wasn't the point. It wasn't the point. Does Bobby go drinking at the house parties that he goes to? Well, Bobby doesn't have to, doesn't have to re- respond to those type of calls, but Thank God. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> We've already established that this Thank man's God. moral compass pointing a lot higher than mine. Yeah. I'm just Much like, oh, it's casual. North. it's casual. Devin's here drinking with the group. Cool. I mean, you see it in those small town shows. I mean, I'm assuming it's a small town. So it's, yeah, it gave, it gave small town energy vibe to me. She's blending in. Okay. Yeah, she's true. blending in. Yeah, she's out of uniform. Say- Halen says she looks like she could be one of the high schoolers or college kids or whatever age they she's are. She's wearing a headband. She's drinking to blend in. Okay. She's undercover. I digress. Um, but she literally says, no, I'm not undercover. Like, I'm just here to make sure they don't get too crazy. She's basically babysitting. 
yeah, the rich kids. She's babysitting the rich kids. I just picture like Wednesday Adams had a house party and like, this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. So basically from this, she's talking to Devin, Devin makes her laugh and Callum sees her laughing and something about his reaction. He's almost like mad that like, he wasn't the one to make her laugh for the first time. And he's like, you made Mm -hmm. her laugh. Oh my God. And then he says something like, you sound like a pixie when you laugh. It's fucking adorable. Oh my God. This man is a simp. That's what it is. He's just so obsessed with her. And I will say the first time I read it, I got like, oh, he wants to kill her vibes. And he's fighting that compulsion to kill her. No, well, the second I time it- I read it, I was like, no, he just loves her so much. It comes off scary. He's just straight up obsessed with her. He doesn't want to hurt her. He just wants to fuck her. Like he just wants to like, he literally, I think he says he like wants to like devour her pain. He wants to and eat so, her. <laughs> yes, he literally wants to eat her. And it's like, because also then you're, you're lumping that together with this creepy ass crime scene. It's like, he, he possibly could literally mean eat her. <laughs> like that's where we're talking about the Hannibal vibes. Like, you know, there is like, you know, a lot of very, a lot of going back to like, um, Dionysus and her feasts and like, uh, like a lot of this old, um, mythology and stuff that gets shrouded then and lumped together with what the overmaster believes in, oh. in these rituals he's doing, um, and these things he's doing. So, uh, yeah, it all gets lumped together, but this, so then we and I the think dancing. And the dancing, like, he's like, um, listen, here's a method for you to get some answers. You have to, he said something like, yes, you can walk in your killer shoes, but sometimes you have to dance in them. And he uses this party and this dance floor to show her what this killer is, is going through himself. It's this frenzy. It's this seduction. It's like giving over to this ritual, like a fully, like just leaning into like the basis of base urges and Yes. Like, basically, let me show you how fun it is to go feral. You ready? Let's go. It's and this scene is so well written. Just takes her time to takes her time. No rush. rush. It gives you just enough spice, gives you just enough story development, gives you just enough character development on Halen's end. Like you get some reads on her and what she's dealing with. Like it's chef's kiss and when he pours the wine in her mouth let me just tell you jesus christ something about only, it. you only would have liked it better if he spit it in her mouth oh my god <laughs> i was waiting on it i was like please do it <laughs> oh my god maybe you'll be in the next book <laughs> i'll keep my hopes up yeah maybe i'll dm her no, I was just say, we'll send Listen. her some messages. Okay, like, we got an idea. Listen. We know how you can take us up a notch. Just he trust said, us. He said spit, saliva, see, like, all that. It was a way of the sigil. It's on. So let's it's, just start using the spit now in the next It's one. on the table. It's on the table. It does have a purpose. It, I mean, yeah. And yeah. she, Miss Halen, she kind of, especially in the beginning, I think towards the end, she just completely aborts and knows she's in overhead. But especially in the beginning, she makes this conscious decision that she's going to act like this wilting flower to basically manipulate him back it's impossible 
And so with the dance scene, you do see a little bit of her kind of playing with him a little bit more to kind of see what he's talking about, what's in his head. But listen, nobody, beat can, him. nobody can dance with Callum like that. I'm sorry. And like, get get away with it. No one. A nun could do that. And she would be praying to the devil by the end of the dance. Which she realizes. And so she <sighs> storms off, but it only gets better. That upstairs scene was so emotionally charged. I almost want more from that scene, though. There was so much left unsaid in that scene. I feel a whole like. bunch of foreshadowing. And that's the only thing. It's like yeah. you, if especially in the second read, you really start to see the foreshadowing. You can see it a lot more oh, clearer. God. So they go to this upstairs scene. We have this very raw emotional scene between Halen and Callum. And it's kind of where like some things come to a head. And we learn that Callum knows a lot more about Halen than what we thought he knew. Um, he knows about the car accident. He knows about her fiance, but he didn't know about the baby until this scene. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of reading her clues of what's her body language and things like that. Um, I think this is where you first kind of see that for me, where Callum, to me, I saw Callum's goal with Halen. And I think his journey with Halen and his goal for Halen is he sees this woman that is in so much grief and is sitting in this abyss that they always talk about. She's in Mm -hmm. it. And her abyss is grief. It's grief and loneliness and mourning uh, her life, her loved ones, feeling all the guilt and shame that she has about her role in it. Um, and then when I'm talking about subconscious aspect of what she did, she probably doesn't even realize she's feeling, but I think his thing is like, Halen is very much Halen and the overman killer have a very parallel journey in this book. Mm -hmm. You have the overman who they're talking about, you know, why he's doing what he's doing. And it's to reach this level of ascension and to come to terms with what life really is. And it's to force the abyss that nothing is promised. Everyone dies, blah, 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 blah. And to me, like Halen is doing that with Callum and Callum is just wanting to ascend her in to recognizing her grief and accepting her pain and making a choice. I think she even says at one point, like to feel pain is a choice. And I haven't chose, like, I've just been living in it whenever I could choose to not live in it. And that would be her ultimate, you know, ascending past it. And I think that's her journey with Callum is very much like the Overman. And that's kind of where you first start to see this in this scene. She ends up going down on her for like a slight second. And she allows it. And then she's like very frustrated because they get they get interrupted because the FBI's here because his waist his his ankle monitor went off. Yeah, he got upstairs was too far. <laughs> Red light. Yeah. Red light. Uh, which is dumb because they were there and they knew they were inside. So I don't really get why all of a sudden they came. Devin, you were supposed to hold them off, honey. Way to be a yeah. wing woman. Yeah. You do get some insight in the scene because you like you said you get to see that Callum knows more about her than she's shared with him that we have witnessed on the first read through you're kind of like well how but on the second you obviously know and it's like it's giving you like more proof of like they have this bit of an established relationship that being said we like when you really look at the timeline they don't really have a time for an established relationship so he does say one thing so the, the only time they spend together is that first night where she kills percy wellington and 
Yeah. And they do the sigil magic. He does say some other stuff happened that night that we don't know about. Um, There's also this like running, like, I don't know if it's like a metaphor or a theme, but like you were mentioning how she's got this parallel with the overman with this ascension. And he's, you know, he essentially thinks that he performs these rites and does all these things that he can ascend to like level of a God. And we see this when she, when Halen is doing some research, research, we find some quotes and you end up finding, um, the one where it says he who sees with his eyes is blind. Basically it's talking about people who have reached this certain level of, you know, consciousness where you, you know, access your muse and you realize that there's so much more out there and you can't not operate within that knowledge. Like you have this now awakening and you can never not have it and how so many people are so much happier before if they never acquire that knowledge, like if they never have their eyes open to that, because now once your eyes are opened, you can't unopen them. You can't not access that muse. You can't not act on that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it can be so, you know, maddening. And and so, you know, just take so much energy and all that out of you. Whereas all these people who just never even know that they never go there. They never access that level of consciousness or whatever you want to call it. um, That perception of reality how they're so much happier for it and how that is essentially ignorance is bliss. What I love about this is like, that's essentially what Halen has done to herself yeah. with this sigil is she's taken, you know, she had this awakening. She had this moment. They did this thing, her and, you know, she gave into um, the madness to free herself from the pain with Callum for that night. And they staged this whole thing. You know, she had obviously the opportunity. She, we see her now, saying, oh, well, if I really did all that, then I'm going to turn myself in. She could have done that the first night. And she obviously chose not to that first night when she committed the murder of Wellington and then chose to stage it to look like a harbinger killing. And so then instead she kind of used, let Callum use a sigil on her and shrouded her mind with the sigil and her memories to give her like a perception of ignorance to like what you know, to give her, uh, her ignorance is bliss. Um, but then you start seeing as Calum is doing all these things and he takes her and he, you know, they have this whole dance and I feel like the dance is very much like almost like a practice run for then the ritual they do later. The ritual scene. And she, that's when she starts to get some of these flashes of memories back. And she starts to like, she starts really talking about how she feels weird and her body feels different. And, you know, you were talking about how, um, she kind of like wants to like be this wilting flower for him. She decides, she consciously decides I'm going to show him I'm a wilting flower and I'm going to go along with some of his plans so that I yeah, can try you have to like, like manipulate a sociopath him. versus a psychologist. Like who's right. Like they're both she equally thinks, weaponized here. hundred percent. see what we're going to do. <laughs> but what Halen doesn't know is hurting her in this. Like she doesn't yeah. know everything that he knows. And so what I think you're seeing a lot of too is because she, in the dance scene, she thinks she's giving into him and realizes how much she's not in control. And that's why she gets upset and takes off. What I think that really is, is like, it's showing like her body and her intuition 
know him. And that's why she feels more familiar with him than she should, why she's blurring these lines, like almost not even consciously choosing to like blur these boundaries and trust him. Like she's trusted, like you said, she trusted, she went to a party with someone she really consciously believes is a serial killer but subconsciously she knows she can trust him and like i think that's like the intuition piece time when she goes and gets him and takes him to the crime scene like she doesn't even question walking off with him by which callum notes callum's like look at how you don't have a weapon just like she just she let and it's almost like too like she she i think it's going to come out that what she had mentioned, uh, like in the first chapter in the courtroom, like all that she had known about him because she had written, she had read some of his papers that he had published before she ever met him because he was the top in the field. And with what she does, you always keep your eye out on like these types of things. So she had been aware of who he was. I think that's going to come into play next book. And with that night, Mm -hmm. I think that whenever you hear them start initially talking about the crime scene or like they go back to the second time and he's kind of lecturing her on what this philosophy is and she eats it up. Like her mind is able to wrap her head around these things, even though she is so quote unquote logical. Yeah. She does have this side to her that is very much open like okay and open to what Callum believes and you also see this at the end when he asks her I'm gonna you know before he leaves her where he gets taken away he's like I want you to think about this you wrote like that sigil on your arm talking about her tattoo you and even you look at her necklace like she always is holding onto her necklace and signs of like distress or nerves or whatever that she has and I think it's cool though that it's showing that like even though Callum has magic quote-unquote his sigils Everyday people have these things. Yeah. It's just what you call them. Like, but it's still kind of the same thing. And I think you're going to see in the next book, I think Halen before this and before whatever, I think she already was aware of some of these things and these practices. I think she might've been interested in them. And I think that's why she knew Callum or knew to go to him. I think it's why she's very open with him and wants to learn more about it is because she very much understands that part of Callum's brain. Yeah. I mean, there's no quote logical. You definitely see like, and you know, you get this whole, like he's trying to break through this veil that the, you know, over and over and over again. And you just get this really cool, like demonstration of like intuition. And like, even though like there's a block there in her brain where she's not, like I said, the memories aren't gone. They're just shrouded by this, the effects of the sigil, but yet every part of her subconscious and intuition still exists and it still knows him and the way she responds to him and in the logical, you know, part of her brain is like not understanding all of the baser, again, going back to the baser instincts and like what he keeps wanting her to go back to is into, you know, kind of lean into are these primal reactions and, and things he's trying to get out of her all the time. And it's like, those are the parts of her that know him. And those are the parts of him that are her that like respond to him. And then like her logical side is like not understanding why she's doing it even. And she gets well, it's almost like, like her logic it. is this crutch. It's another shield. It's another it's like space disguise. Like, yeah, it's like she really is. And I think it goes back to your ignorance versus bliss comment of 
she's trying to live in this blissful state of ignorance, but she's been doing that. And it's not blissful. It's torture for her. She's not sleeping. She has horrible anxiety. She isn't living her life. She basically has no personality or no friendships anymore. She doesn't have a home. Like she sold her house. She literally doesn't even have a home anymore. And I think Callum can just see that. And he's almost like being his own form of Nietzsche, what he believes of like, you have to ascend to this other level because you're just sitting in squalor and chaos and ruin with the way that you're living your life. Because you are, I mean, she's basically punishing herself for everything that she's done. Um, So I don't know, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Let's talk about the ritual scene. (laughs) Let's. The biggest scene of the entire book. Oh man. So Callum one day has this idea. <laughs> once upon um, a time. <laughs> once upon a time, which he's been working on. Um, I really want more of Callum in next book to know just everything that he knows because he clearly knows a lot. And he has been putting things in the works for a very, very long time with this story. Which brings me to Ryder. Ryder only gets mentioned one time in the beginning. And apparently it's Callum's best friend. And -hmm. while Callum has been locked up, Ryder's been doing all kinds of things for Callum on the outside. He has the reporter that goes and takes pictures of her at the crime scene because he wants to know what she looks like at the crime scene. Uh, He has Ryder, like apparently he finds out that she's been asking about him after the courtroom and trying to get like some of his past. He has Ryder giving her like some false stories or some false narratives about himself. So I'm like, what, what is Ryder doing? And is he going to be like a little henchman for you? I don't know. Yeah, because I do. I I mean, I am interested in that because from a writing standpoint, he's not needed if he's not going to be anything else. And that's the same thing I feel about other characters too. So anyways, let's, well, and like, even like, her whole past, like her parents and her, yeah. her ex. It's like, yeah, uh, we'll yeah. see. So then he's like, okay, well, um, while you've been sleeping, um, I've been getting all the materials ready yeah. for our ritual to ascend. And he basically has this thing of like, um, I mean, again, you've read the book. He's going to draw out the Overman by doing this ceremony. But I feel like that's just like another one of the things where he says, he tells her something that will get her to comply and manipulates her motives to get her to do the thing he really wants her to do, which is he's telling her, like, if we do this, this is the only way to get him to come out. Like no one else is going to find him. The only way to lure him out, it has to be you doing this ritual because that'll lure him out. I don't think he really cares about luring him out. He wants to lure out her memory. He thinks doing this ritual will break through that veil finally. I think and he, I think he just uses these things over and over again to convince her to do the thing that he wants. I think Callum only wants to catch the Overman because she wants to catch the Overman. Yeah. Um, because I do think Callum in a way respects and understands the Overman. I, you see this yeah. level of uh, mania that he goes into whenever he finds out uh, they go back to the crime scene and they're under the tree and he finds out that uh, Dionysus is that's who he, there he's trying to conjure and try to serve. And he goes into this like whole manic state with her. Like he is floored that this is what's happening. And it's almost, I, that scene's interesting to me too. And I want answers for that scene. I don't fully understand that scene. 
And I don't know if it's because like he kind of has these same feelings as the overman, but like now he's seeing it and like the what he studies, is it just an academic thing of like you studied these things and now someone's doing it like and you never did. So you're excited to see how it plays out, or is it something else? I don't know, but mm-hmm. he gets manic over it at some points. And it's very interesting to me. But he is basically like, okay, we're gonna do this and we're gonna go out to the woods back to the crime scene, which they would never let you do this at an ongoing crime scene, but whatever, (laughs) whatever. They're back at the crime scene and she's just kind of like, okay. We're gonna do this. Well, that's the thing I think about Halen and that he's able to use against her all the time is like, she really wants to solve this. She really thinks that she's gonna help. And she has said multiple times, she doesn't want to follow the rules to do it. She wishes that she didn't have to follow the rules in order to get to like meet she the ends that she wants. She has this sixth sense of how to figure out these things. And, and she's she not a law enforcement officer. Area. Yeah, because she's Which not a law enforcement officer. Yeah, I agree. She doesn't, she, I, don't, I think that's why she will never actually be law enforcement is because she can get away with a lot more things if she's not technically. Right. But this is the same thing Callum does later on when he says, well, if you want to find the 33 people, you got to keep me with you. If you want me to come help you, you got to get me out of here. I'm not just going to consult for my little cage over here, or you have to call me by my real name. Like he is setting up all these terms and using what she wants to get what he wants, which is really at the end of the day, just her back fully intact. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So they go to the scene. They go to the scene. He has her in a rope. He has some nice drum beats playing on the phone. He has the fire going. He has the wine. He has the Merlot. Great date night. I mean, we got music. We got a fire. We got wine. You're I in a killing field near a swamp. I think it's great. In a crime Romantic. Scene. It's like the woods. It's outdoors. There's lightning bugs. Holly, this is the horror house behind your, your bedroom. <laughs> this is Deadlands. That's behind my house. Yes, 100%. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. I should go. Actually, I shouldn't. Never. Um, but... They start this ritual and very early on, Halen figures out he really doesn't know what he's doing. And he makes a good point of like, well, no one does. Um, It's been passed down to secret societies. It's not really about what you do. It's how you feel when you're doing it. Which again comes back to like control. Yeah. It comes back to the, the intention, the power of the mind, the chaos magic, like yeah. You don't ever know. I think he says some long lines of like, you don't ever know what you're going to get when you pray to chaos magic, but you just think, be thankful for the gift. Like yeah, that we're just, we're winging it. And you know, for a man to be just winging it like this, he really has some great confidence because. Well, if Kalina is nothing, <laughs> if not confident. That's true. So I would tracks. have never known he was just out here winging it. No, but I think he understands like it's the intention, which I think is the, the, the case when it comes to all rituals um any type of like quote unquote like magic it's all about your intentions and your belief in like what you're doing and how powerful your mind is because that's like even the case when it comes to like you know like people who use like crystals or people who do charge like moon water like those those other types of things it's the same thing it's like okay like it's all about your intention and then like what's happening in your mind yeah. when you do it. So she yeah. fully, which I'm proud of her because she gives in. She, she goes, goes there. It's not like she's drunk either. That's the one thing I kept thinking. I was like, it would make sense if like, she just got like hammered, but he just gave her a little bit of wine. Most of it, he poured all over her boobies. I love the way Trisha Wolf wrote it, especially when you think of grief, uh, which is very much tied to Halen. Visceral. 
Super yes. visceral. And she is. I mean, she's for a few minutes of today, she's going to let it go and let go of her yeah. grief and not think about it and get lost in these things. And I just can't imagine how much of like a fresh, like a breath of fresh air that had to have been to her just to like finally freaking breathe. Like, and he even said, like he, I love how he's saying to her, like, breathe. Like she, I think for a solid hot minute in a very long time is just freaking letting it fly. And I'm proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. She I may agree. be a killer, <laughs> but I was proud of her in this moment. Well, and I mean, like, just to like, From, like sink a into grief it. standpoint of like, God, there's five freaking minutes and we're not going to do this today. Well, and you know what I love was she goes, she talked about like how like anybody could walk up on them and how she yeah. was like, she's like, which I mean, it would be awkward to answer those questions, but like, she basically says like, it. it's fine. She's like, like I'm worse. Yeah. I'm not going to get fired, but I'll just have to answer some awkward questions. Okay. But imagine <laughs> that you are, we we live out in, like for me, I live out in the country. If I was just like, happened to look outside one night in the woods and you saw this happening, what would you do? <laughs> I have literally had two immediate responses. <laughs> yeah, your face got like real quick. Like, uh. <laughs> it was like my first response was like your logic brain, like call the cops. My second response was 100%. go out there, go out there and, and see what they're doing. Yes. I don't know why. Like my second response was like join. But here's the thing why. <laughs> here's why though because what the way you just set the scene and this is like this is why I think I love this book is because it is so wild but it we but it's also so relatable in the sense of like we all have those things inside of us whatever the feeling is maybe for you it's not grief maybe it's you know there's like turmoil or you're just exhausted you're burnout stress or- yes whatever it is I think the reason why we love these books so much, like when we, you and I have talked about um, Marie's book with the Ryan, the main character, how she just is straight feral. We love those kind of characters because they do the thing that you're like, man, I bet that would feel so freaking good to just fully like let go. There's no worry of like, cause even if you were to go like get busy in the woods, right. Right. That's something logically we can all do or have done and I but it's not <laughs> I have confirmed such things on uh, Instagram live before so I, I will <laughs> confirm I will confirm something happening in a forest something That's may it. or may not happen but there's still all these thoughts that go through your head so hopefully someone doesn't catch us like you know like I still need to like get that I forgot to get milk at the grocery store today <laughs> like 100%. you know like did I turn my stranger off Yes, exactly. There's still these things you just can't like get rid of unless you access this level of like straight, like feral release and a hundred percent, which I feel like for most people, we think like, oh, there has to be drugs involved. (laughs) Like, You know, I will say I was a little surprised there weren't drugs involved or like a natural berry they ate that just happened to the properties to hallucinate. Um, But that's why Callum is a pro. That's why he hey, is Callum, daddy. He can get that's her That's why and he is daddy. And her body just goes with him and knows what to do. But I, that's why I'm saying like, he got, I feel like he got her like dick drunk. That's what it was. The drug was <laughs> dick. He did. He did. Oh, he did. Because when she was talking, I was actually listening to it on Audible when I was on a walk this morning, finishing up this chapter. I know literally 
out doing my, it's just very funny. The things that this is my favorite, like juxtaposition is being like a stay at home mom. Who's just out on her morning power, power walk. walk. And then like, my neighbors are waving to me and they see that I have AirPods in. So they just say, hi, and nobody knows what's in my ear holes. He's like, I'm going to ravage you on the wood floor. It's <laughs> just cow. I'm just like freaking I'm painting her in my blood. <laughs> I remember when I first read this scene the first time, I remember vividly texting you because you hadn't gotten there yet. And I was like, Lex, I need you to read. I need you to stop what you're doing. I need you to prepare yourself. And I need you to go read this scene because I don't know what to feel because I'm about ready to go out to my backyard and hold a seance at this point. Like, hey, and you have a big enough fire pit when I come visit you. We, we could, could do we it. We could have this kind of a fire. We could, we could, we could bonfire this shit. Well, look, this is the thing though. This is why we are such good friends because these scene that we this scene is a make or break for friendships you're like I don't know how I feel and then no you're it like, really hey. was like I was almost kind of nervous I was like, I don't know she's gonna like this I don't know yet but I was loving it but I don't really know why I was we're either it. we're either about to be best friends or maybe never look <laughs> at each other ever or again we're going to <laughs> never look each other in the eye again and it's like okay look I know maybe I've technically like only been texting you for like a week we met on Instagram we right. never actually met in real life but hey I'm really into this and I don't know why what do you feel this is about to make or break the friendship right here so I need I'm you to gonna... go read the scene now tell me your truth so I can tell you mine like or is this a safe space hey look friendships no. and relationships are built on mutual vulnerability all right I was vulnerable enough to tell you that I was totally into the ritual sex. I was totally Pink. into the the horns. I was into. Yeah. He made her a crown. You guys, we always want, we always talk about, Christ. Hey, you want, you want your man to put a crown on your head. This crown just happens to be made out of deer antlers and to I get her closer to fine. God, to get her closer to God and make her more divine. I mean, to and me, then, that's supportive. That then is supportive. She, he hands her a tool and you, that a piece of it to kill the overman and you know he doesn't so, even stab her or cut her he uses his own blood i'm saying he's caring about her care exactly he's showing also her his mouth in this scene when he is fucking her against the street i swear to god i can't it makes yeah. me feral it makes me feral feral and he literally says to her you're gonna beg for me to fuck you and she and does, she does. And i so love that's when a man can saying, fulfill his promise you know I'm he follows saying, through there's I consent there. Man. He waited for her, to, for her to ask him to touch her both times. So she, she asks for all the things. Um, also interesting here. We do know, again, you read the series, you read the book, you know, that she has these flashbacks. We know what happens, but I did think it was interesting when he bound her hands and said, it's for my protection. Trust me. This is what I'm saying. He also has a quote. Okay. He also has a quote where he says, you know, something about how she says like, you're like a devil or whatever. And he's like, it's funny that I'll be her devil, but she's the one that created me. That's why I'm saying he has these little things that makes me feel like, so when I, and I'm not saying, I feel like this necessarily now, because like doing the second read, I feel like I know less. Like I said, the first read through at the end, I felt like, oh, um, I'm pretty sure Halen might be the freaking Harbinger killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we both thought she was going to be the serial killer. Yeah, Halo the serial killer. And I still have some feelings that maybe she could be manipulating him or at some point was. But that's how I felt at the end of the end at the first. It was like, oh, maybe she's like framing him. Well, there's so much foreshadowing. And then we even talked about this one metaphor and we first read it, which was the spider metaphor that <clears throat> yes. Callum uses to describe Halen. Yes. And or she he describes himself. And he describes himself web. as like a spider. He's caught in her web. 
he's a spider, she's a spider, but then also he says that I'm a spider filled with poison and she put the cup over me. Like, yeah, he does reference so this manipulation then, that he feels that she's doing, which I mean, it could just go back to the fact that she killed someone, he helped her, and now she's framing it on him. That could very much just be it. Yeah. But also then that last body that we find done um with the that actually has a body in it is a web. And it is feels it? I like I don't remember that. I just remember yes, the wings. It's a it's a web. And the ears are all in the web. And then there was another thing. Maybe you can remind me because <clears throat> I remember this from my first read that there was something to do with the writing being in block letters. There's a letter left. That's just that's in a, block letters. Not like a con- confirmation that it is the harbinger because that's his signature. Okay, that's what I couldn't remember because I. But the letter, the, the letter is the reason why I believe a lot of my theories. Why I believe them is that okay. letter at the end. Okay, so maybe you'll refresh my memory because. I definitely felt like I picked up on more things this time, but like I missed some of the things that I picked up on the first time. So that's cool. Um, so would you have any more input on the, the ritual scene? I mean, no, I just feel like. Cause at first, when I first read it, um, I thought when he, he at one point pours wine down her boobs. He does. I think maybe if we're being honest, like not to get like too serious about it, but I think part of why this scene is so like, wow, is because of how passionate it is. Like some of this may feel like contextually weird, but like. It's straight passion and it's straight freaking vulnerability of like, you're both going to be freaks and you're both going to like go for it. And then we're not going to hold back. No judgment. So then the Harbinger kill or the Overman shows up. Um, So there's lots of things with this. His eyes are, are sewn shut. He doesn't have a tongue or ears himself, just like all the other victims. We don't really... Callum goes out and attacks him first, technically. So I'm like, this guy could have literally just been another victim sent out into the woods. I don't and, believe he's the other man. I think he was one of the victims. So there you go. So he, he's made it look like he's the other man. He already had hemlock poisoning. He also um, tries to not hurt her once he finds out she's bleeding. Yeah, he, he stops back. and he realizes she's bleeding. And it isn't and until it, she goes after him and starts choking him that he starts to fight back with her. Because he's probably, I mean, the potential, he could be thinking, oh, she's a victim too. But he can't see her really, right? His eyes are totally sewn shut. Totally sewn shut, but it's like a sloppy job. So like she knows okay. it's not the over. I think, and especially based on the ending with, Chapter 16. I think the Harbinger either, okay, I think between the end and with the letter the Harbinger wrote, I think the Harbinger found out where these victims were, these higher men of the Overmen. I think he took one of them. And he did a sloppy ass job of what the Overman did because she even notes like his eyes were all sloppily sewn shut. And like, that's not the Overman. The Overman's killings have been very like. Well, if his eyes are sewn shut, how would he have sewn all the eyes to that tree? Well, and it's like the way that he's doing it. It's just the fact that like he, like basically it's saying that he took the the eyeballs out. He just then sewed the lid shut. So, but the way that it's been, sewn it's just totally different like you have this so nice clean precision that the overman's done this man is sloppy at best 
sewn job. I think it's the harbinger that has one of the victims or maybe all of them. And he's playing. The harbinger is playing. I think he's pissed that the overman is doing what he's doing. You get that in the letter at the very end. He basically threatens the overman and says he's coming after you because he's going to now take all your victims and kill them all to basically be like, no, now you can't ascend. And that's why I think it's going to be a serial killer versus serial killer. I think. Um, See, but you saying that just makes me feel like, again, that it's, that it could be somehow be Halen because it's like, I don't, she's, I don't think it's Halen. I don't think. I had this thought that like this chaos sigil is making it, it's like, she's so tired. I had this theory that she's blacking out and like, uh, a serial killer and that's why she's so tired it's like she doesn't have any memory that she's doing this and like this sigil just keeps like erasing what she's doing like it was meant to do the first time it's just continuing to do that um like I said like I don't have a lot of like proof for this theory or anything I don't like that. think I don't think she's the harbinger um I do think she killed Percy Wellington I think there's gonna be something that happened that day to me she has enough already to have what she's feeling she lost her parents she just four months before she killed percy wellington had this horrible accident with her baby and her fiance where she was driving the car i think you tie all of that in with what her natural day-to-day job is with this seeing all this evil and dealing with all this trauma on top of not sleeping on top of now she's gonna have um i think that caused her to snap whatever it was caused her to snap and she killed percy then i think moving past that her subconscious is dealing with, I mean, she had a full-blown meltdown about Percy after Percy with Callum. That's why it was the only reason Callum went against all of his beliefs. Of, he never wants to live like ignorance is bliss. He doesn't believe in that. He thinks people are stupid if they live that way. Yeah. He broke that one rule for her because of how distraught she was. I think- But see, that was where I thought she could have been manipulating him from the beginning. Mm, and then know. framed him to take the fall for her. I'm not saying it's real. I'm not saying it's, it's not found. My theory is not found on any facts. These are just all like vibes I was getting, but I also wouldn't be mad. At I, like think, a, oh. I think if we make, I think if we make Halen the harbinger killer, I think it's just too much. That's what I was saying earlier of like, I think, I think it's just too much. I think it's going to come down it to the much. harbinger is going to have some sort of tie with her, whether it's yeah. he harps on the fact that she's been, searching for him and solving his murders and he's she's been the viewer of his prizes like it's for her then but now she's in hollow's row and she's forgotten about him or maybe she i mean she thought that yeah because she thought callum was a harbinger killer and so he could be trying to get her attention back because i don't she's been so focused on either i don't either callum says in his thing like i never even thought about taking someone's life until i saw you take yeah until you killed Percy. Percy. But I'm also not saying she's not the Harbinger killer because there is a lot of evidence that I think makes you think a certain way. One of the biggest ones is the, ever since Callum and her went to the courtroom and he got sent away, the Harbinger killer hasn't killed until well, right now. And she, that, I mean, she could not be the Harbinger killer or maybe the killing Percy. Like, because here's the thing we don't, she doesn't know that she killed Percy Wellington. She doesn't fully believe it yet. So we don't know what happened to cause that. We, all we know is Wellington's dead. We don't know the interaction that happened that led to that. Um, And even Callum doesn't know. Callum Callum doesn't know either. Asking her, like, what was it that day that set you off? What was it that day that made you leave the crime scene you were at 
drive 20 minutes to Cambridge and murder this man on the anniversary of your parents' death? Like, what was it? And so that's the thing where it's like, we do know that her parents went to Wellington or went to Cambridge, Cambridge. where Wellington was at. So there are, that's what's so hard is there's so many options. Like I thought like, oh, well maybe somehow Wellington had something to do with her parents' death and she snaps, or maybe she had snapped a long time ago. And like, cause we don't know. I think there's about going her. to be a tie with her parents and Cambridge and her, I think, and the killings. I do think there is going to be a personal tie to it. Which I'm like down to that. Cause there is like this whole, there's like, there is this like academic, leg for the story that is never it's this there's nothing about this book feels like um you know like a academic or academia type of a story but I'm like I'd be down for us to get into that lane and like you know and like make this I don't know it would just be really interesting I guess to see like how it all goes down maybe book two or book three or whatever in the future I think she will eventually come back to Callum again and I think she will have to figure out what happened that day. And she even talks at the end where she talks about how she's not ready to talk to Dr. Torres yet because she knows she needs to be psychologically evaluated, but she doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't know if she can trust Dr. Torres. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, let's forget so the Dr. Torres like, thing. I think she will end up coming back to him because I think he's the only one that's going to be able to help her figure out her shit. Yeah, because Dr. Torres also had these burns on his body that he had suggested alluded to the fact that maybe Callum had done it and Callum said basically he did it himself I'm not going to be the scapegoat for everything but it was clear that they had something to do with Callum and so you know could did Callum somehow convince him to do it to himself or you know because Torah Dr. Torres was very cagey about it he very clearly wanted Callum out of his facility um he wrote it on a piece of paper yes do you think he's bugged his office bugged so then again, there's a question there. So that's one of my questions um, was, so I have like this list of questions and random theories. Um, let me see which one. Yeah. So we had the why Percy, like what the heck, like why, you know, kill him or whatever. Um, Cause I think answering that question, obviously that's a huge question. Answering that question will give us a lot more insight into Halen. I just like, to believe Halen did kill Percy. 100% proceeding on the fact that Halen killed Percy. She even had the vision of the tire iron in her own hand. Yeah. Um, so I'm like interested to see how her parents, because there's so many things that happen that you're like, a lot of this could just be, it could be a big thing. So her parents dying, her fiance dying and losing the baby. Those could all be really big things or they could almost be, just all summed up into like a motivation for her wanting to give into all this chaos and to be at that point where her pain is so intense and so awful that that's why she chooses the madness over the pain. She says she has that quote in the book where she talks about how like madness is like giving into the madness is better than like living in the pain. And she also has a quote of like how people um, say like, you know, being like there's like a quote about being strong and how she's saying like it's not being brave isn't actually strong being so she's brave is about the older man and she says i think the other man's weak because he won't he he won't sit in the pain and she yes. says that like strong people are actually not people that move on or forget or do whatever they're people that every single day that will wake up and accept their pain and face it and continue living 
yeah, they experience that pain and the misery every day and they still live, which I love that quote. So, and that's like a real, a true definition of like, I feel like a good definition of strength. I love when authors do that, when they like, you get a little insight into like the way that they actually think and feel about like real true life without it feeling like they're like stuffing their opinion down your throat. Like preaching right. To you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like this little like piece of insight of like, well, I don't know. I really like that. Um, I also am obsessed with the quote, um, that the alchemy of the soul is turning pain into genius, which you already know this about me, but I'm like, wow, that is like the thing. I don't know that like some of these quotes in this book, man, I'm just like, there's another one that's very similar to that. Let's talk about turning pain into pleasure. Or like, there's something too about how he says, like, um, you have to kill the things you love to feed your passion or something. Gosh, of course it uh, is. Honestly, every other line was like a freaking mantra to live your life on, I found. <laughs> well, and just like the, so much of the stuff that, um, that Callum says is like, which to be fair, like he's, a lot more, um, like quotable, I guess, but that's because he's not living in this like denial stage. Right. Like he, he's fully engulfing it and she's just trying to like withstand him and like their time together. And he's like fully like just leaning in. And so obviously you can like, you get a lot more out of him. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I did think just lasting thoughts to wrap up. I did think, um, detective Emmons came out of left field at the very end. Okay. So I have that down. So really quickly, let's just go through little questions we have left or little like random theories. So, um, well, like, yeah, Emmons, like why Emmons just all of a sudden put a move I just thought it was kind of out of left field and I didn't really know, but she kind of did this with her other series. Uh, visions in red like there were a few people i'm not gonna give spoilers but like there were a few people in department that did questionable things that in the end didn't really matter yeah well even like like well yeah we don't need to get into it but yeah i agree so then i'm um, like hey, maybe but i'm also just like bitch you're gonna die he will kill you next book if you don't stop. well that's what i was gonna say like maybe it's just so that we don't give a crap if he dies in the next book or something maybe you know? like, i mean i'm like he's going to kill you yeah um I'm curious to see what the point of her getting her period again was. So she was not supposed to be able to get a period anymore. Mm-hmm. Then she does. She even had a medical procedure to make sure that she couldn't have kids. Now she, she wasn't supposed to bleed anymore. Now she's getting her period in the middle of the ritual scene. Um, I do think that's going to play a part. What if she gets pregnant? They definitely got busy. <laughs> I don't think she'll get pregnant. I don't know if it's another way to bring in Halen doubting her logic. I think, I think it's a theme with Halen. Uh, she does, she always wants to be the logical one and she can't, you know, go into this other side of herself and just accept things for what they are. Or there has magic. to be more to that. There has, yes. Cause there has to be something more. Otherwise, what was the point of all So that? I don't know if it's. Cause it's not just that. that she also then has Or like, I, we're just going to build on it. I don't know. I think Callum will have a lot to say about that and explaining it next book. He always has, a, he has to say something about everything, but I think he will kind of take on maybe explaining magically, maybe what that was or 
I mean, maybe it'll come back to like power of the mind and like, maybe she wasn't done and she did want that. I don't know. I do think it's very interesting though. And yeah, I don't I know what it means. Um, I do feel like she does could leave be you off with that though. You don't ever really get any Because then it's not just that she's at the, the ritual site and she starts to bleed. It's also that then she follows it up with then calling her doctor and, and like basically like chewing out her doctor until her doctor is like, yeah, it's fine. That's normal. That could have happened. Like she wants but a logical why reason for why it happened. it was just another happened. way of like her... Like it could just be more illustration. It. And then you had her doctor that was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, yeah, logically. Yes. And so it almost kind of reaffirmed that like, okay, you're not crazy. And I was right about this and it is still logical. Like, okay. But I don't yeah. know. There was also, she mentions more than once that she was prescribed medication that she didn't take. Yeah, and anxiety medicine. I'm like, okay, well, we're just putting that out there. Um, I want to know how old is, I want to know how old the body in the web is. So we know so that they it, said that it wouldn't, it couldn't have been more, it was there. It was there, but how long, like when was the, like the TOD? Because then it could give us some insight into are, are the other people dead? Because are the other 32 people still alive somewhere? you know, or is he got all these bodies on ice? Like none of them have ears, eyes, or a tongue. Um, it says, how recent is the scene? And he said, the tongues could be as recent as last night or early morning. The victim, the medical examiner needs to declare that. But lightly before but, Landry went to the ritual scene crime. But like the tongues being out, like there's just so many things with that, that like the tongues have been out for that long, but did he just preserve them? Were they frozen? And then he hung them up? Well, like there's so many in the past, like with the eyes and the ears, they were all done within a couple hours of them cutting them off. I think it's like two hours. And then he cut them off. So I think it would probably be close, but then she also talks about the sloppy stitch work. Um, Grody. the suspect who designed the ritual site, the person who intricately weaved the eyes, to the trees, and who methodically saved the scene before me, would never have done such a careless job on their own. Yeah, that, and yeah. that suspect is still out there. Yeah, so the, the overmaster guy, or the guy that shows up as overmaster is this most likely not the overmaster, or if he was, he was very much being like an apprentice to somebody else. So there is something to talk about, like the reason why he took these victims, uh, the overmen, they, he calls him the, um, the higher men, is because they're people that I think it's, it's going to be what I gathered very similar to the overman and his beliefs or along or like was interested in it because then count at one point talks about like the bridge and how back in the day they would bring in the herd but really it was to cannibalize eat them um and like take over their properties so and i think that's what these victims are 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 it's okay so this is i don't remember that point but this is actually something good that i had didn't share this theory I had this like small, and this is not theory in the sense of like, I have any proof for this, but it's like something that's in my brain and you saying that now I'm like, Oh, maybe. So I had this thought of like, what if, um, Halen's parents were somehow connected to Percy Wellington in some type of like a secret society type thing. And that's then we have talked about either. There is going to be a secret society because you you're talking right. about this. Oh, See, and I don't know why I thought. What if it's like another cult? And like, what if she that's grew what I'm up in a cult? That's and what I'm now saying. She's gonna be tied to this, and that's what if her why her parents got killed, and then 
Percy sees her there and says something about it. And that's why she snaps and kills him or something. I'm just saying, like, I don't like. That is another question I have to leave off the secret society angle that never gets brought up again. I think it mentions like twice. And then it where does it mention? I don't even again. remember that. Like, I don't remember like that. Like the movie. hemlock because there's a secret society with like the hemlock that's like. Yes. And it mentions the, they mentioned the Freemasons. Is and that then right? The Freemasons. He goes on to explain um, when he's explaining how, like, why would he believe this if it's not written about or whatever? And he's, I love what he says. Cause you know, as an authority, but he uses this. Uh, metaphor of like okay well think about it as like in, in college when you have fraternity life and like greek organizations they don't write down their things but they practice these things for years and years yeah. and years they've they've, they've you know verbally pa- passed down all these things that no one will tell you what it is and he's like it's the same thing with what secret societies do it's the same thing with what the overman's doing here what if you also had made a mention before about how they used to call it and instead of hollow's row, they called it murderer's row. Hollow's so what if death like, row. And it was yeah, because of the high fatality rate in their justice system. And he only says this one time. And then he says, but that's a story for another day. So what if that's how they were getting, like maybe the secret society was get, were getting like their, whatever you want to call them, like sacrifices that way before. Maybe. And like, I love this. Now- I think this is true. I think, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do think that's going to play out. <gasps> Oh my gosh, wait, what if, because remember Halen says like, basically because the town is the size that it is. And we know Emmons, this, this guy in the web ends up being Emmons' brother. Mm-hmm. And then she says something about like wondering who Devin had, like who Devin knows that she has in this. What if it's all the people in the secret society had to like sacrifice someone they quote unquote, like love or whatever for this ascension. Like if they believe in all these things and they had to bring their person in and it's like- There is something with Devin that- me. That's what and I'm saying. Because when we first have the scene, Devin just pops up and is like, oh, the trees have eyes and the fields have ears. Chaucer, college class, and like walks off. And it's like, actually, that's on point. Got it. Okay. And then- <laughs> Like that's how this whole thing kicks off. <laughs> and then she says something else. Well, and then she's the first one to show end, up. Like, oh, she, she's the one that comes to Halen and is like, oh, we have this victim. It's the hermit. It's him. We already know it. We've already identified him now. Blah, blah, blah. Done. And then the hermit is the one that is ends up being the fake over she kills. Yes. I so, just think that is so like every time Devin speaks, something happens. And I'm like, yeah. And she's the one that picks up Halen and makes sure she stays a part of this. And she's and like, says, well, I'm hiring you. you have to go. You can't leave. Like you have to do this. Another loose end to tie up. Halen gives Devin the bag of evidence that she has taken for herself from the site. She's built a and lot of trust into Devin. Devin's going to go run this stuff and not tell anyone. We need to get, we haven't heard what happens to that. Yeah. We haven't heard about, um, oh, shit, there was something else that was like, oh, uh, she calls the Wheeler guy who helped her get, um, who Dr. Torres gave her the number to get, to work the things to the FBI to get him out. She calls him back and asks for, if he can get his hands on Callum's file, his sealed yeah. record. As, his as sealed juvenile file. record. I think that's going to come into play big time too. Yeah. I mean, so this is like a fun path, definitely. And it could, in the secret society angle, especially if it includes her parents, could really explain a lot of like, Ties. And that could feed into like the academic side. That you I was going to say about. it could also feed into the accident, the car accident too. 
I was like, maybe that was like not so much of an accident, you know, for whatever reason, the society's trying to like clean stuff up. Who knows? Then I don't know how you bring the harbinger into that though, but whatever. This is going to get good. Yeah. We just had to talk it out long enough to like (laughs) get us there. And, and, and the best part is because we didn't work half these theories when we first read it or during the reread. It was just now this all came. It's to right us. now, <laughs> real time. And the best You're part live, about people. it is the best part is that like none of this is in the book. We don't know when the next one comes out. This is like literally just all of our musings. I think uh, the next book is called "Lovely Violent Things" or "Lovely Vicious Things" or something. Ooh. But we don't have a date for it. Well, these things take time. I can't imagine that this story was an easy one to weave. I would feel like from a writing standpoint, like I would need to have this, all of the books that are in the series, like written (laughs) before I ever tried to release one, just because like, I mean, one thread goes wrong and like the whole thing unwinds, but this is why. Yes. Have you talked to her? Um, I have talked to Trisha. We haven't set a date (gasps) yet, but she has confirmed that she will be on the show and do an interview with us. We so just need to understand up for that because all these questions we have, I'm not going to ask her. <laughs> give me my anything, only... Trisha. Give me anything. <laughs> my only question for Trisha is, so what's it like living with your brain? Yeah. I also want to get her past. Like, what do, oh, like, what did you do before you wrote Was she a philosophy major? Was she a criminologist? Was she in the FBI? Was she... Married to law enforcement. Was she in law enforcement? Did she study it? I don't know, but like you, what she writes for every single book, she has to have some foot into it. Because it's both psychology and criminology, both times, every time. Mm-hmm. All of her stuff revolves around some type of relationship between, so vi- like um, Visions of Red and Ties That Bind, you've got a serial killer and, you know, um, FBI, like forensics. Yeah, again, in that one. Then in her, she has a well, duet that madly is, something duet. That's the, the one I want to read next. And that's about a therapist who ends and up falling for a client who's a serial killer. And they fall in love. Um, but you know what? I'm here for that though, because I do think there's, I mean, there is an option with this where Halen and Callum, Joel just now she has no job really. She's a free agent. She's like literally just a consultant. So she's got no ties to anybody. Um, if he gets out of jail again or out of the what if she goes back to dr torres they lock her up in the psych ward with callum that would be kind of cool <laughs> so we're just stuck in there the whole time i was gonna say i want them to both get out and just go on kind of like this free like bonnie and clyde mission where they're just like down. out and, and down like i want her to be i don't know i just want like i want her to accept and like lean into her own chaos i'm just really ready for her to lean into her own chaos and see like how and that'll be really fun for I feel like for Trisha as a writer because then she gets to write like two different characters as the same character almost but that's why I want to read her madly darkly duet is because it's a serial killer with a uh psychiatrist so like I feel like it would tell us a lot of how she would make that relationship work and like okay well let's learn it let's start it today together it'll be our next one if you want to start today don't even play with me because I'm ready yeah I'll start it today let's start it today because we already read Visions of Red let's start it we're okay, starting it. Who wants to start it with us? Okay, cool. Okay. Um, well, guys, that's all I have for you today. Um, I do think this is going to be a much shorter episode than, well, I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I lost track of time. Um, but we hope you guys read it. If you haven't, 
I don't uh, know why you listened this far. Well, and honestly, Thank did we you, spoil anything? I don't know. We know nothing. So it's not could have spoiled Actually, anything. I cannot tell you that anything is concrete <laughs> at all. Um, our next episode. I'm not sure what our exact next episode will be. It will either be an author interview <laughs> or. Oh, the boys, uh, the kids of the district. Kids of the district, maybe. Hall you know what? I'll let you know. <laughs> We are uh, professional. <laughs> hey, that's the word for the okay, you know what? We are professional. That is the word for the season. We're being professional and telling you that we are not gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm being professional and telling you up front, confirming that I cannot commit to anything at this time. We cannot confirm nor deny that um what it will be. All you need to know is that there will be. It will be. It, well, it will be. But it will be. You know less when you end this episode than you did when you started it, just like we felt when we That's read what I've learned things. from this book. Like the less you know, really the more you know. You know as much as we you want know, you to know. The less you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like Callum says, nothing matters. Nothing matters because is any of it actually real? Who knows? We all live in a, what's it called? A, I don't know. I lost the word, guys. A different plane? I don't know. Yeah, We're what do the cool kids say now? We live in a, sin- we live in a, Oh, um, uh, yeah, uh, a simulation. Simulation. That's the cool kids are saying these days on TikTok. Oh, don't even come at me with that stuff. That'll blow my brain for a week. I can't. I can't. It. it freaks gonna, me I'm out. I'm just going to go into my Trisha Wolf murder hole. And, and if this is a sin, if whoever's controlling sin, this. Um, can you tell my husband to go outside <sighs> and I ask questions and like spit in my mouth and do a happy dance around the fire? Okay, side note for the spit in the mouth thing. I like the, what I think is funny is so this is now become a thing like you, me, Taylor. We've all talked about the spit in the mouth, yes. right? I originally heard about it here, um, listening to the episodes, and you're you're pro Taylor's against, and it will never stop being funny to me that Taylor is anti spit in my mouth, pro blood blood play though. Yeah, very solid. So there's like a lot of like logic going on with that one that I don't like. Fully you would understand. think if it comes down to bodily fluids, one. Would, they had to choose would lean towards spit instead of you're clean, you're making out with your husband at least enough right. to have made this this perfect baby that has come to the earth right. so but she's like no give me all the blood yeah she's a vampire Which, i don't know <laughs> it cracks me up and then you sent me the tiktoks and now <gasps> here's the thing since becoming friends with hallie i will say what is my like synopsis of this friendship is the best thing is that i don't know why <laughs> I don't know. I still don't have any answers for this. I have found so many things hot with no understanding of why. <laughs> and it's just like, Write that on my tombstone. Is, she made know, me feel things that I didn't even know I could feel period. And the, I feel like the definition of our friendship or our friendship is defined by the fact that I can tell her whenever I think any of the weirdest thing is hot and there's no judgment. Because I, mean, I told you that I wanted to get naked in the woods and have a ceremony and you didn't even blink twice. So I didn't blink twice actually. <laughs> and, and I only, now all I'm doing is picturing the field behind your house. When you come visit, don't I don't want to see it. I will be there <laughs> mid spring when there is nothing in that field. And I'll never you need to look at the, look the at lunar, it. the lunar calendar and get you here on a full moon. Actually, that might be too crazy. I don't know. That might that might be something I don't know if I signed up for. I don't know. Hey, I can access a side of me that 
<laughs> that unfortunately you probably also have and together would be a, Ew, oh, bad our thing. husbands would leave they would probably say meanwhile meanwhile both our husbands no they would just be sitting on the tailgate of sean's truck watching us <laughs> like this is what we signed up for we like the, the beer is not strong enough i need no. something else I don't know they're just gonna be like <laughs> they're just gonna be like there's two of them like oh i thought they were the only one so it's not just me it's you too i'm sorry man i just need to find a way to bring out the midnight cowboy spirit of my husband you know yes um and honestly it exists i've heard the accent i've heard the accent i just need him i need to bring it out um maybe maybe i'll look into that he accesses it drunk so maybe yeah. I feel like if you can access it drunk, you just have to get to a certain level that you then access it also sober. <laughs> right. You just can't get him too drunk or else the midnight cowboy will not perform. So there is a very either, either the midnight cowboy doesn't perform or it just performs far too long. Beyond, far too long. Beyond and I'm like, I'm exhausted, means. midnight cowboy. I did not sign up. I quit. I no quit. longer midnight. It is now 4 a.m. And like, I, I, I regret I'm everything. The midnight cowboy needs to go back. I regret. Put him away. Put him back in the bottle. Put him back. Put that <laughs> lid back on the whiskey and never <laughs> that mind. That is a birthday and Christmas only type of deal. And it's neither. <laughs> so we're not bringing oh. the Midnight Cowboy out. I eat everything I just said, basically. Never mind. Uh, Hallie has this field behind her house that is reserved for a haunted house. A house of horrors, if you will. Deadlands. They've, ap- <laughs> they've apparently geared up for practice. And I'm listening yep. to her telling me, she sent me a voice memo. I'm listening to her telling me the story saying, no, no, no. I'll, it's all I can think is no, absolutely not. She goes, I guess they must have been practicing because all I heard were blood curdling screams for three hours straight last night. And I'm just like, I hear one scream. I'm calling 911. One time they came and knocked on our door because they had like a prop that went missing. No. No. And they were asking if we had seen it. And it was like this huge ass bloody snake head. And I was like, I can guarantee, <laughs> I, can guarantee I have you. not seen that floating around the neighborhood. It's, it's like when you like accident, your ball goes over the, the fence in the backyard and you know, go to your neighborhood. It's like, is there a ball come over your fence? Like, did our bloody snake head come over your fence by any chance? You're like, it was literally keepers. six feet by four feet. And I was like, I can guarantee you if anyone saw that, they would be calling you. Isn't that like, that's like huge. Six foot by four foot. Is it's, that's a, like it's huge and it's mechanical. You're like, how did that just go missing? Apparently somebody got pissed at them and came in and stole a bunch of their things. Did they think it just like flew over the fence on accident? I don't know. There is a lot of hot drama around here at Deadlands. Just the fact that it exists. We have a place like that. I mean, it's not near, not in my backyard where I can hear the screams though. Well, they're trying to sell it and I keep trying to get my husband to buy it, but he won't. <laughs> Just a piece of land so that no, no one can I build. want I want all of it. I think me owning a haunted house contraption would be oh my so god. <laughs> that would be so fun. No, it wouldn't. If you guys have read Lovely Bad Things, have your own theories, please let us know. Um follow us on let's talk about some hot podcast and podcast, not podcast. I don't know what I'm talking Pud. about. Um <laughs> wow. Let's talk about smut podcast. Um, and Lex at the worldwide Lex. Sign to our DMs. Let us know of any please tell us all theories that you have. Um, get as wild as you want because we all know nothing. Yes. And follow us on Instagram and all that because we will soon be hopefully updating you on what the next episode will be about. <laughs> Woohoo!
<laughs> so stay tuned. Everyone have a great weekend. Um, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds great. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.